Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special broadcast covering the recent Remix Pro Wrestling event, Throwdown for the Pound 16, The Wizard of Paws. And without further delay, let's get the Remix recap started. After the show, I was like, man, I want to do a podcast where uh, we, we talk about the results of what we just watched. Remix Pro Wrestling is my favorite local independent wrestling company. It's only been 16, 16 shows. I figure I might as well do a podcast on them and, and get the word out there. The title went from Remix Reaction to Remix Recap. So that's what we're going to do tonight. I, Jesse Starcher, have asked and reached out. I extended, I extended an invitation to a local podcaster, a local comedian as well. Uh, his name is Joel Gant, lover of Remix Pro, Joel Gant. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, man. I'm glad you got to get on here. I, I appreciate you taking the time out of your night to keep me company. We both got to attend the most recent Remix Pro show, which was Throwdown for the Pound 16 Wizard of Paws. These guys have been doing shows for quite a while, and their main shows, the Throwdown for the Pounds, have been benefits for, usually, I, I think they've always been benefits for the Humane Society. I think it varies from county to county. I know this one was yeah. for Pleasance, the Pleasance County Humane Society. Uh, Joel, I guess first thing we ought to get out of the way, number one, is kind of discuss our history with Remix Pro. You know, what, what, what was your first show? I've been to every throwdown there is, and oh, wow. then I went to the Ohio State Reunion show they put on. I missed the outdoor one that they did, the, the oh. one they did like around the 4th of July. Yep, yep. Yeah, I missed that. I had to go to date to do comedy, but that's the only uh, that's the only remix show I've missed so far. Nice. So you've been there for the first one. Do you remember who the main event was for Throwdown 1? Oh, man. I can tell you the main event for mine because I went to Throwdown 2. That was my first yeah. event. I, I took my daughter. Was that Stevie Richards? Yeah, that was Stevie Richards and okay. um, now Jay see, Lethal. thank you, Stevie yep. Richards and Jay Lethal. Back. Both I knew I knew Stevie Richards. I mean, if you watch WWE, you knew who Stevie Richards was. But yeah. if you if you weren't paying attention to TNA like me, I I, I never I, I don't think I watched much TNA at all in my life. I didn't know who in the world Jay Lethal was, and I think he was with TNA at that time, or maybe oh, he, he was, was still X-Division Ring of Honor. Champion. Was he? No, he was TNA. He was, yeah, he was the X Division champion when he came in. Oh wow! Yeah. So I didn't know I didn't know him. You know, I didn't know him from Adam, um, and so. Watching Adam him, Johnson? I was really Adam Johnson. You know, <laughs> I I had no clue, no clue who they were <laughs> when he came in and Stevie Richards. They put on a show, and at, at that point yeah. in time, I was hooked. So we had, you know, that was that was Throwdown Two. But you can't recall the main event for Throwdown One, huh? Was it uh, Vance Desmond versus uh, 
Phillips? Now, here's the thing. I have no idea. <laughs> we can probably look on the internet. Well, I ain't got no clue. But regardless, you've been there since the first one. I've been there since the second one. Our paths cross like, I, I, I wish I could remember the day that I met Joel Gant. Uh, I know that our paths crossed at some point. I think Twitter brought us together because we both loved Remix Pro. We were probably sharing yeah. pictures and, and cutting up on Twitter. And then, of course, me and you'd been friends you know, pretty much since then. So we, I think that was probably around two or three years after, after I first attended some and got to know some of the great fans that are out there. You, our good friend, good Stephen Marsh, as I call him, yep. Jason Teasley. Uh, I got to know some of the great guys uh, that uh, are from the, of course, the figure forecast. I mean, you know, yeah. Justin, you know, Justin Ewing, uh, all these great friends that we made throughout the time, casual heroes. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, uh, th- okay. Those guys. Yeah. So anyway, we, we made all sorts of friends throughout, throughout our time going to these shows and but the way that remix pro wrestling does these shows it's only really two shows a year you know we get we get one usually in april one this was in september but usually it's september or october uh, yeah. so that's you know that's yeah they change it up a little bit but they bring in some great talent which is wonderful oh yeah he, their shows have been awesome i uh, i found the uh, first main event if you want to know yes yes please if, well first off the first one was held april 24 2010 okay. over seven years of remix but wow. the main event was Zach Vincent versus Vance Desmond. Two mainstays. The match that we have from this last remix. It is too. Wow. Yeah, we've got to talk yeah. about that then. We got that. Put yep. a pin in that because we're coming back to that here in a few. We're coming back to it. And coming back to it's it. So this happened on Saturday. What was that? 16th? Saturday, September 16th, uh, 2017. Okay. Yes, sir. And happened at Marietta Middle School. They we, we had a we had a good stat card. A lot of the big name coming in was Bully Ray, or as a lot of people also know him from the Attitude Era of WWE, which is Bubba Ray Dudley. Uh, so he already had a huge fan base. We also had Colt Cabana, uh, one of the more popular. Hey, I think he's a fellow podcaster, isn't he, Joel? I believe so. I think I've heard his name thrown about. <laughs> yes, indeed. So we knew you know we knew it was going to be a stack card. We were we we're going in. We we're going to have a good time. So let's talk about what happened prior to the event because the other big name that was supposed to be on the card was M Dog Matt Cross, right? Yes, sir. So so what happened to him? Any idea? From what I read, he had uh, the old chicken pox. Oh my goodness! You ever had the chicken pox? I was very young, so I don't remember it too much. Here's my experience with the chicken pox. I remember they were big, red, nasty. They itched, and I watched. Yeah. I stayed at home and I watched Mr. Goodbody all day long. <laughs> I don't know if you remember I Mr. Goodbody on PBS. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, but yeah, I, I couldn't even imagine getting them as an adult. So I, I mean, thank goodness we were too young to remember what they were like because they took you they took you out heavily contagious. Yeah, and that's serious stuff. So he was not able. I mean, you can't perform like that. I, no. I mean, well, I guess That's you could. Come back for a future show. Yeah, I guess you could perform. But it just, he had uh, a good it, match against Rathod. He did too. That was that. That was a good one. We yep. lose Matt Cross to Chicken Pox, and so we don't know. He was supposed to face Bully Ray, right? Yes, sir. Okay. I don't. You know, we're kind of like we find this out shortly before the show, and this is right before the show. We just don't know what's going to happen. The uh, remix has done great with surprises. They had Michael Elgin that one show. Oh yeah. Came out yeah, dude. To, I mean, honestly, I was think, I was expecting just anybody. You that just was, can't. You don't know who it's going to be. You know, as as events began to unfold, there right at the beginning of the show, out come our tag team champs. Now, you you may know these guys. Yeah. I, I don't know. 
<laughs> I'll pass cross every once in a while. Well, the beginning of the show started with the Bastard Sons, Cole Cash and Freebird Brian Cross coming out with uh, Steph Leopard. They had to give up the titles. Cash has been toying with retiring. He kind of did a couple years ago, came back. Freebird, he got so hurt the last time, the doctors told him he can't wrestle anymore. And I think they decided to go out as a team because they, they were a team for much of their career. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they had, to, they had to hand over the tag team titles. Dude. How brutal was that match that they were in at the last throwdown? It, we watched it back together. We do a podcast together. That's what you were kind of alluding to previously. Exactly. But, uh, mm-hmm. can, can I plug that? Oh, yeah. You're, you're going to plug it now, and okay. you can plug it later before we get out of here. Okay, yeah. We, we, all, we do a podcast called What's Going On with Cash, Joe, and the Freebird. You can find it at WGOcast.com. But after recording, as soon as the Blu-rays came out, one night after recording, they put it in and watched it. And, I mean, they just couldn't believe how brutal it was looking back. <sighs> I mean, just that table spot with Viper and Freebird and Cash going through two tables and Phillips bleeding everywhere. I mean, that's what a match to go out on. Dude, absolutely. And let me tell you, we were sitting second row, I think. We were second or third row. And my son, who's seven years old, lives to see stuff like that. He's seven, and he loves, like, you know, if, you, if there's a ladder involved, just just like I was when I was watching the yeah. Attitude Era stuff. You know, we got ladder matches. We got cage matches. When T.J. Phillips got up and was, he wasn't just a crimson mask. I think it was, like, <laughs> wearing the crimson, he was wearing the crimson suit. <laughs> yeah. It was bad. Uh, yeah, Freebird went down right in front of us, dude. He broke six ribs, punctured a lung. And he still got the win in the match. If you go back and yeah, watch, he made the, Viper made the win pin. Those, they keep the title. As unreal. So here they are, champions since April. I mean, Freebird's he, not risking injury. I mean, his doctor told him, like, one more, like, how, you know, just anything like that. Like, you can just stop breathing. That's scary stuff. So these guys, they they have to give up the, the tag team titles right there in the middle of the ring. But let me tell you something. The ovation these guys got, yeah. that was... It stirred me as a person and as a fan, you know, I, I, I understand what they put their bodies through and have to give up the gold. It's good that they did, you know, they had the opportunity to do that in front of fans that really, really appreciated what they had done. So a lot of the fans are probably there for the last match, too. If anybody saw that match at the pre at Throwdown 15, they were coming back probably just to see what these yeah. guys would do. But but yeah, so they they had to they had to leave a bittersweet moment. Good to see him go out on top. However, uh, the, the remix tag team titles are now vacated, Joel. Yeah. It's crazy. Got to keep rolling. Got to keep rolling. You know, it doesn't stop for anybody. That's right. So, okay. Now, our first match. And, sir, you feel free to correct me because you may have been watching. Uh, a little bit closer than I was possibly. Uh, I had yeah. I had a seven I had a seven year old to deal with. Plus, I don't know. I may have I may have put some stuff on social media at the time, so I might not have been paying attention. But sure, I, <laughs> that happens. Our first match was the upper echelon, which is made up by PB Smooth and Colby Red. Versus, I'm gonna guess that PB Smooth was the big tall guy. That's correct. That is correct. Okay. Sir. And Colby Red versus the frat Trent and Channing. And they were also brought out by their valet, oh, I want to say Alexia. That sounds so about right. I, I'm tossing that out there. I think, I think I got that right. Now, look, the favorites of this match, the people that everybody wanted to see win was the frat. These guys, party guys, I mean, what do you, what do you think of the frat, Joel? I liked them. I thought they had some, uh, they had a pretty good match. They get the crowd behind them. They were hitting the guy in the corner, making him yell chug. That was, uh, that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, they flew over the top. 
They flew over the top at some point. Or no, that, the guy held up the top rope, and the other one dove, dove between the third and second rope there. And I thought the other echelon, you know, that was their first time being at Remix, but I thought they held their own. They put on a good match. Yeah, the, these guys, they're, uh, I mean, it's it's viciousness and power for the upper yeah. echelon. It, you know, you got these college boys. Sorry, I, I, I'm not I'm not a big I'm not a big frat boy fan. Uh, I'm not saying I I'm not a fan of the to frat. College. I <laughs> I did. I never sir. went to college, Jeff Starcher. <laughs> I did, and I'm. I did not join a frat. I was not a fraternity brother. I guess you would say brother. Uh, but brother. yeah, <laughs> I was not. Well, look uh, so at you kinda, showing off with your smarts. Hey, look, yeah. I, but dude, <laughs> I can't. I, I can't get it. I, I don't know. I just couldn't back yeah. the frat. But look, these guys were electric. These guys fraternity were, forever. Yeah, apparently so. Hashtag F4E. Let's bring yes, it sir. on. The frat are able to secure the victory, and apparently they also become number one contenders for the Remix Tag Championships. Yeah, that's they, what they said before the match. That was, uh, that was for the number one contender. I don't know against two. Maybe we'll yeah, find out the, at Remix 17, but... Now, I, I just want to comment about some of the stuff that I saw afterwards. The celebration, the excessive celebration of the frat, which just, they, they oh, must have yeah. been doing this just to rub it into the upper echelon. But at one point, Channing Decker, I think is his name. Channing Decker goes out. There's this little baby. Did you yeah, see this? Oh, I saw it. He picks the baby up. Like, he was kissing up. babies and shaking hands. <laughs> picks the baby up straight up Simba style, though. Like, this dude's tall already. Takes this baby and holds it in the air and then yeah. brings it down and then gives it a big old smooch. I'll give him points for that. That was great stuff. If I was that lady, I would never wash my baby again. <laughs> Now, did you see, by chance, did you see the uh, the video that was filmed shortly after their victory? If not, that's um, fine. That's I fine. I don't I want to spoil it here. Okay. All right. I, there's there was a certain there was a third person that they were celebrating with. I guess you say fourth person that they were celebrating with because uh, Alexia was in the back as well. Uh, but there's a fourth person that they were yeah. celebrating with, and okay, uh, you I know, oh boy, and if I would have seen that, oh man, but no, no, so that, just put a pin in that, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. there's a Personal fourth person, who could it be? Oh, really? really oh, okay. I thought the side of them, one of the remixes, <laughs> <laughs> I got to oh, with them. That had to have been an experience, my gosh. Yeah, it was. Yeah, okay. It really was. First match out of the way, the frat score the victory, okay? Next up, I believe, was Chance Profit versus Matt Connard. They build this as a grudge match. That's right. And I, I, I mean, as soon as Connard gets in the ring, shortly thereafter, Chance is announced and he's rushing the ring and all over Connard. And I mean, yeah. this guy's well, he's all Not over, cool, you know, he's all over him. <laughs> he's all over him. And he's, it's already fist of, fist of flying, fist of fury are flying. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Oh yeah. Uh, it was definitely a grudge match. These guys don't like each other. Chance took some sort of shot to the head. I don't know, but he just, uh, he took that, took that hard shot. And just wasn't quite the same after that. Uh, it didn't go very long. No, it didn't. I mean, yeah. if you were a person watching this, it was like a complete 180. You know, Chance is going full bore, just laying into Connard. Connor may have got a couple good shots in, but it wasn't anything spectacular. And then we get the what I believe is the patented Chance Profit back rake. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Or at least, there's a section of the crowd that always pops when he hits the back rake. 
I made sure. I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. But after the back rake, and then there was a couple other shots after that, I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden he's throwing punches at the wind. And Connor had had him out in front of us, and he's trying to get, trying to pick him up. And Connor looks up and yells at the audience like he normally does and, and says, uh, his head hurts. He says his head hurts. And then he takes him into the ring. And again, chances he's, he can't do anything practically. It just looks like he's yeah. uh, shortly thereafter. We get the pin. Connor takes him down easily. Uh, do you have any, do you have any theories you want to, you want to throw out a theory? Cause I got one. Uh, I I just say took a tough shot to the head and just scrambled him. Okay, he scrambled all right. Like that, and it takes a couple minutes, you know, to shake that loose, and especially with someone like Matt Connor. You can't underestimate him. I mean, the guy is. You look at him, and he is he's a powerhouse. He hits you with the boot, or he hits you with uh, you know a good shot, good shot from the arm. You, you're going to reel. So I don't, I you yeah. know, I could I can completely see where you're coming from there. Here's my here's my theory. Okay, here we go. For some weird reason, I don't know why, but Connor had some, like, one wristband on. Maybe I've just never noticed it before, okay? But I honestly yeah. think there there could be chloroform involved. I don't know. You can't put anything past the Reaper. Oh. You, ju- you just can't. And I may be way off base there. I don't know. You know, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not in the back. I don't know. I, I don't know what Matt Connard is doing in the back in his gym bag or whatever, but Hey, uh-huh. you know, I, I, when you, when you see a complete turn, like you saw there, okay, well, I'll, yeah, maybe it was a shot to the head. Maybe it was sabotage. I don't know, but obviously Connard got his wish and got his victory. Congratulations, yeah. Matt Connard. I do. I do want to say that I did find the tweet that chance profit put out shortly thereafterwards. Uh, he stated, thanks for the concerns. Still not sure exactly what went on in the match with Connard, but paramedics cleared me. So that's good. That's You think they're going to set up for another match then? Dude, if I was Chance Prophet, clearly I would be. Uh, the way he even exited the ring, he looked like yeah. he was upset with himself. I would hate to put on a show like that, you know, whether it be for injury or whether it be for some kind of crazy reason like I would come up with. Yeah, I could see a rematch happening. I, I wouldn't let yeah. that go down as the last thing that happened between me and yeah, Matt Honor. Something. Something's got to happen. So we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll just got to keep our eye on I'm social media. Some, something's going to pop up, I guarantee it. All right. All right. So, ah, uh, oh, boy, oh, boy. Now we get to one of my favorite matches of the night. What was going to be a tag team match? The Mega Powers, Magnum CK, Jock Samson, managed by Dirty Deacon himself, versus Cole Cabana and WWE star Hornswoggle, which he may be going by just Swoggle now, correct? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's just Swoggle now. Colts, Colts return. This is the this is his second or third time here at Remix. I'm gonna say I think it's the third. I'm off is that page third? now, but uh. It's at least the say it's at least the second. We think the third. What's what's your what's your thoughts on the Mega Plowers? Oh, they're good. They're a throwback team. You got uh, just two vets in there. Just know how to get it done. They love now, we know- <laughs> Oh yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Magnum CK broke my heart. I was you know a, 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 a couple uh, what was it, a couple throwdowns ago when he he made his triumphant return and then he allied himself with that rascal. Jock Sam. Jock strap. Jock strap. Disgusting. But that, that's the Mega Plowers. You know, that they're only out there for one thing, and that's whipping people a good one and then going out to the bars and drinking and finding a couple ladies afterwards. So, uh, yeah. There's your, a couple yeah. ring rats. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't had the opportunity to listen to some podcasts that Jock Sampson's been on, <laughs> find you some. You'll have stories for days. All right, then. Let's talk about Colton Swoggle. Of course, I like Cabana. I, you know, he's put on good matches before. I've followed his career. And Swaggle just, I didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, how much <laughs> really can Horn Swaggle do? Like, especially, yeah. you know, how, how tall is uh, Magnum CK? 6'4"? Big dude. He's so a big I was, dude. Uh, I was a little concerned. I was concerned for the little fella. So we're like midway through the introductions. You know, we got we got them out there. And then all of a sudden, some other music hits. And I'll let you take it away, Joel. Who surprises us with their appearance? Uh, the one and only Grado. Oh, Madonna's my Madonna's Like a Prayer started playing. <laughs> and nothing gets the gymnasium to their feet like Madonna's Like a Prayer. <laughs> <laughs> and then Grado uh, coming out afterwards. Oh, no doubt. Grado showed up, uh, I think, I want to say it was two throwdowns ago. I don't think it was last throwdown. I could be wrong. Uh, but I know Grado has made an appearance before, all right? And I believe yeah. he went up against, was it the Party Peacock oh. himself? Yeah, uh, Dalton Castle. Dalton Castle. Two very impressive wrestlers and two very entertaining. There's no doubt yeah. about that. I mean, that's you can't understate how entertaining both of those guys are. Now, when I first saw Grado, I had no idea, dude other than I had to do internet research. Now, most people out there may know me as the sign guy for Remix Pro for quite a while. Uh, I've kind of I've kind of stepped back that role a little bit here lately. But usually, what I would do is once somebody was billed to come on, or once somebody was on the card, I, I got to make good signs, Joel. So I gotta I gotta do my research, you know. And I, yes, I find out I find out that Grado is going to be on the card. I'm like, who is this dude? So I'm jumping and I'm going through hoops, and well, lo and behold, Grado and social media go hand in hand because there's plenty to find <laughs> out about Grado. <laughs> on social media and i I mean i I could have made like 20 signs for the guy if i wanted to because there was that much out there uh so when he first showed up in remix i pop i loved uh, i i loved his match i loved everything about the guy uh so to hear the music hit i was like wait a second just wait just a darn (laughs) second there is no way I'm hearing what I'm hearing right now. And yeah. there, there, you know how it, it, you know how it is to be in a crowd, and there's plenty of people around you that have no idea what the heck are going, what the heck's going on. And then there's a few people that know that that's Grado's music. And I'm looking around, I'm like, that's Grado's music. And the guy looks behind, looks that's sitting in front of me, looks behind or looks behind him, looks me straight in the face. He goes, that's Grado's music. And you know, we're <laughs> excited. You know, there's that moment, yeah. like, oh my gosh, no way. Uh, and sure enough, Grado, he walks out behind the curtain, you know, and here he comes to the ring. But uh, what in the world is he doing out there? I mean, I don't know what yeah. his plan was. Other I thought than maybe get, they were going to do a, a six-man and get the Dirty Deacon involved. That's where I was going, too. I was yelling, you know, I was yelling, six-man tag, six-man tag. But they had other ideas. And I yeah. believe it was Jock, either the Jock or Magnum who told him, why don't you go find somebody, bring them out. Yep. We'll make it a triple threat. Let's get it on. Grado went to the back, and uh, he came back out with Bubba Ray Dudley. Oh, my gosh. Dude, if the roof didn't blow up when I popped for Grado, okay, I don't know what it was like. You couldn't even comprehend what it was like when Bully Ray came out. Grado was with him, and this all of a sudden became a triple threat tag team match. So, wow. I'll just tell you right now, I was spent, and the match hadn't even started. Match starts. You got you got any highlights? You got any you got any things you'd like to talk about uh, as the match was going on? 
Uh, I like the uh, the high low chops to jock when uh, <laughs> uh, Colt was giving the ones in the chest, and then Swaggle was doing the ones in the belly. Oh, it was wonderful. Of course, the, uh, the spot where everybody got bit in the ass. <laughs> Basic, basic wrestling stuff. I can tell you right now, folks, if you can go on Twitter, you can find probably about six GIFs of that match. Specifically, I saw a GIF where I think it was the test of strength between Swaggle and Jock Sampson, and Swaggle yeah. proceeded to grab his nipples <laughs> and twist them, which was awesome. Hey, my son loved yeah. that. Yeah, there were so many great moments in that match. If you get the opportunity to get the DVD or the Blu-ray or whatever, oh, man, yeah. take take it up, see what you can jump at that first chance to get it, because there. this was, I told Ronnie Adams, a good friend of mine, does the podcast with me from the Screaming Boy podcast. He asked me, he says, how's the Show. I said, dude, I just watched the match that was worth the price of admission. I mean, I, I it, that match should have been it. That, that, they should have just said, okay, here you go. Remix, throw down for the pound 16, triple threat tag yep. match, and that's it. Because they could have got away with it. Uh, but no, yeah. of course, these guys got to outdo themselves every time. They got to continue to pile upon, pile on the entertainment. But, but yeah, so many great moments in the match. What do you think of the outcome? Do you want to you let our listeners know what the outcome was? Uh, they ended up Swaggle hit a. I don't think he was top rope, was he? Hit the uh, the tadpole splash. <laughs> the hour, I, I remember he pinned Jock. I can't remember if it was from the tadpole splash or some other shenanigans. Uh huh. And then laughing and just <laughs> enjoying everything. But I know Swaggle pinned Jock for the for the win. Member, which by the way, Devon was at the last show, wasn't he? And then his brother shows up, Bubba Ray, and we can't have a match where at least half Someone of the Dudley boys are in it. impersonation that was so spot on, and I can't remember who it was now. Is it a Swaggle <laughs> or, uh, or a Cole? Oh, I know Grado. As soon as Grado, or Grado. Grado was in there doing the whole cross and everything. Yeah, with uh, the hand where he's kind of taking it up and down. Oh, it yeah, so it was. And they're all taking turns, like, like pushing each other in the chest, trying to tell him to get the table. And then uh, Grado pushed down Swaggle. Swaggle gets up and pushes down Grado. Okay, so somebody got wood. And I know that it, you know Bubba Ray went and got the table. Who got put through the Who got put through the table? Magnum CK. Oh, the big the dog himself. Have a good night. <laughs> he has Josh the tape and everything. In and then uh, Magnum went through the table. Wow. I mean, him and his magnificent cape was about the only good thing that happened to him in that match. Oh, and then, cape was something else. It's a nice cape, Magnum CK. I was in awe. And there have been pictures all over Twitter, all over Facebook, uh, how beautiful that thing is. I hope you keep that thing in mint condition. A- anything else you'd like to talk about in that match? I mean, we've... Just definitely go go watch it. As soon, like, as soon, like you said, as soon as the DVD comes out, that's definitely worth the price of the DVD, too, just to see that match. Update. The very day after this show was recorded, the following news broke on Twitter. At 10.38 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the 19th of September, Jock Sampson tweets, I officially quit the Mega Plowers. 1.03 later that afternoon, no, I am not retiring, just fed up and finished with the Plowers. I carried the team anyway. And while the Mega Plowers apparently explode, on the heels of vacated titles, what impact is this going to have on the tag team scene at Remix Pro Wrestling? Now, back to the show. Intermission hits. We get three matches and intermission hits, and then, by God, like I said, I'm I needed I needed a break after that yeah. one because. Uh, but uh, anything special? How I know you was running you was running merch, wasn't you? 
Yeah, I was uh, working, helping out Vans uh, here in the gym, here in the clothing line, nutrition company, uh, Vance Desmond. So I was working for the uh, Bent Barbell Club, Bent Barbell Nutrition, they had a table. I was with uh, one of the pro athletes that he sponsors, a, uh, a female power lifter named Kylie, who'd never watched wrestling before. So that was fun. Wow. I was like, explaining things to her, and she would like, kept asking me, like, what's happening, what was going on. And, she was like, what's the way? They're biting each other's butts now? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that happens sometimes in wrestling. <laughs> oh, so my like, goodness. You know, sit down and help merch. You know, I've done it now the last probably, I don't know, the last six or seven shows, been able to just find someone that needs help. And it just, I don't know, it makes the shows a little different for me. I like it. That's cool. That's cool. I, I love yeah. hearing somebody, you know, come into watch their first match that that had to have been a, uh, quite the experience for that lady uh, because you know I, I have the I have the opportunity to bring my kids in and, and of course they're exposed to it at a younger age but an adult who comes yeah. in and watches wrestling for the first time yeah I wasn't explaining you know, so much to her and I was just like oh she wouldn't even know what that means <laughs> I was just trying to wait I didn't okay. want to overwhelm her so I would like wait for her to ask me something <laughs> Uh, okay, so intermission hits. I don't really have a whole, you know, it was a break. I went out and got a pop from a kid, and I think he wanted a ring pop and all this other stuff. But all of a sudden, you know, I run into a buddy of mine, and he's telling me he saw somebody very important kind of peek their head through the curtain. And I was like, okay, who who is this? And he says, I swear I saw Adam Cole. Now, I don't know if many people out there know who Adam Cole is. Are you familiar with Adam Cole's career? Yeah, I'd say for the last since Ring of Honor and on. You know, I didn't really okay. know too much of him before that, but you know, just him and uh, Kyle O'Reilly being a tag team, Future Shock. You know, Help me out. What's his, what's his current status now? I mean, what's he doing now? He's uh, done with the Ring of Honor. He's in NXT now. He's uh, him, O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish are part of the Undisputed Era, and they're in the hmm. uh, taking things over. Okay. Baby. Okay, well, that's his uh, that's his catchphrase. He's Adam Cole, baby. Baby. All right. Yeah, he's Bullet Club, right? Bullet Club or he was in the Bullet Club with uh with the Young Bucks and just a big independent star. Which I, is which is now not independent because he's professional now that he's signed with the WWE and NXT. Yeah, that is quite the step up there when it comes to the caliber of people. When you get picked for NXT or you get the opportunity to go to NXT, you, you, you got your you got your foot in the door, I guess you would say. So I've heard of him as well. So when somebody tells me that Adam Cole stuck their face from behind the curtain, I'm thinking one of two things. You're mistaken, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you liar. <laughs> Let me show you a picture. <laughs> Let me show you a picture of what Adam Cole looks like. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the other thing is, are you sure? You know, are, I, I mean, are, are you seriously? I mean, this guy isn't going to just come up and tell me this BS out of nowhere. Sure enough, even though he was not part of the show, he was a part of the show in the back. I'm sure many people had the opportunity to talk to him, but he did not come out, perform, do anything like that. But it was later confirmed. Uh, we saw pictures from our owners. I saw one from Adam Johnson himself, and I saw one from, I believe it was Sam Smith. And yes, maybe a couple of the security guys, they did get their picture taken with Adam Cole. So that's actually, that's pretty neat. I'll put that out yep. there as a pretty neat fact of the night. Dude. Same story. Somebody told me about Adam Cole. 
And then mm-hmm. I, I talked to some more people and just that he was he's really impressed with everything, how it was a fundraiser for Humane Society. That he actually, awesome. from what I hear, he actually wanted to wrestle, but obviously, you know, you're signing to WWF, you can't, or WWE, I'm sorry. I mean, it's just, you know, you have no choice in it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but how yeah. cool would that have been if he would have came out? Next up, fourth match after the action gets started back up again. Our fourth match, I think, was Violent Vance Desmond and Xerxes. Is my, am I right there? Yes, sir. Okay. And it's no now just that Xerxes was uh, yep. Zach Vincent. There's a video out there where he finds a mask in the woods and just he becomes a completely different person. Zach Vincent and Xerxes becomes Xerxes. Now, I, I, you know, been to every throwdown. I'm following what I can. But, Joel, I've got to ask you, Xerxes has this power. Can you do your best to describe this kind of, I don't know, it's like a paranormal type of, uh, of sway that he has on people? Yeah. I'd, I'd say just the weak-minded people that just need that, like at the show there. You got a guy ringside, pulled him right over, boom, put him in the entourage. Made him wear the cape and everything, right? Yeah, power must come yeah. from the mask. That's what he found. He found the mask, and I don't know, but he got the mask kicked off him, so it's in him now. And, and we got Violent Vance Desmond. I know this was a no-DQ match going into it. Okay, but I completely forgot about it. I don't know, maybe two minutes into it for some reason. Because all of a sudden, the entourage, led by Jinx, which, oh man, I wouldn't mess with her in any way, shape, or form. She's got quite, she's got a, quite a scary mentality upon, uh, about her. Yeah, yeah. You know? Maybe that's where you're um, getting the power from. Could be. Very well. She, I would tell her now. She always seems to be like, I, I want to say, part of those rituals that we would see. Yeah. Almost like the ringleader. But regardless, the entourage led by Jinx gets in there plenty of times and gets their, tries to get their hands on Violent Vance Desmond. This is a no DQ. I'm yelling at the ref. DQ these guys. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> Thanks, fans. I appreciate it. I want to thank the guy beside me, the guy down below me, and the guy above me who yelled at me and told me this was a no DQ match. Thank you. Sit down, Starcher. Violent Vance Desmond is attacked over and over by these by these ne'er do wells from the outside. And this was this a career match as well, or was that even a stipulation in any way? It was known going in that this was just going to be his last match. Okay. Uh, like I said, he's got Jimmy. Jimmy's concentrating on. He just his clothing line, his nutrition company. He just has a lot of a uh, lot of things going on, and he respects wrestling. And you know, I'm not trying to talk for him, but I mean, I've just talked to him, and uh, sure. he just, you know, you can't put all your effort and time into it, you know, then you're just, you're doing wrestling of the service. So he I got just, you. He's just, you know, he's had a great career. He's wrestled for TNA. He's, uh, you know, just a great career. Now he's just, he's like the move on. So it was, it was known that uh, okay. he had his previous match against Omega. And then this match against uh, Xerxes was going to be his last match. Win or lose. Okay. Win or lose. He was out. No DQ. We have the power of Xerxes he's got to deal with as well, which was a hard-hitting match, but the numbers finally caught up with Vance. I mean, he just, yeah. you know, three guys and Jinx on the outside. Just someone like now, Xerxes that you're wrestling, just, you know, just, he couldn't keep – it was just numbers got to him. Xerxes comes away with the victory. Violent Vance Desmond, again, another remix pioneer. Leaving yeah. the business. He, was in the, he so. was in the first title match, him versus Vassad in the uh, label tables, ladders, and chair. That was for the uh, the very first remix title. A lot of history ending on this night. That's that says a lot for the for the weight, I guess. That throwdown for the pound sixteen had, and the crowd gave him a great ovation too. I mean, they really let him hear it and yeah. uh, sent him off sent him off in a good way. 
Very good. Wish him well. I know he's, you know, you're just like you said, you're, you're helping him out with uh, uh, his nutrition, nutritional ventures and his gym ventures as well. Wish him the best. Just as he came in, he went out. Versus yep. Zach Vincent. Of course, that was the Vincent. very first man event for the very first throwdown. So. Yeah, what a way to send it out. So, all right. Yep. All right, so moving on, we get to our second to last match, which is our Fury, the women's Fury title, remix Fury title matchup between Tessa Blanchard and challenger Britt Baker. That's right, Tessa Blanchard is the reigning Fury champion going into this bout. So, what do you think of these two competitors? I mean, you got any opinions on our uh, ladies here? I also I didn't I've never really seen anything from Britt Baker, but I know uh I know Tessa from her previous remix shows and I've uh, seen her on NXT now too. She's wrestled a couple of NXT shows and uh, I believe was even in the May Young Classic. Not she's to mention making a name for herself in the uh, in the business for sure. Yeah, I mean wrestling fans may recognize that last name. Sure. Blanchard. We, we I call believe him I... Holly. He calls him Daddy. <laughs> That's right. The competition between the two. I mean, you got any comments on what it, what it was like in the ring? That's just what it was. Just a competition. Uh, they were actually signing autographs side by side at intermission, and then you know you just tell there's a lot of respect between them, and they just went out there and it was a hard hitting match. It was a really good match. Usually, you can count on the Fury matches or the women's matches at Remix to really show you what the ladies can do when it comes to yeah. wrestling. They they des- they don't demand respect. They deserve it. Uh, and well, yeah. actually, we'll just put that both ways. They demand it and deserve it both uh, because they're they're very talented. It was a great back and forth match to watch. To where Britt had Tessa at least two or three times in that. I don't know. It looked like a double armbar submission where he yeah, had her on like the ground. Something yeah, something like that. Tessa was able to get out of it a couple times, but man, it sh- she just wore her down. And then finally yeah. was able to lock it in one more time. Each time you could see Tessa, she was able to flip her over, almost get her pinned. And then she would, you know, somehow get out of that. And then finally she was able to just lock it in and yeah. con- make Tessa tap. So we have a new Remix Pro Fury champion in one Britt Baker. So a great match yeah. all around. Tessa held the belt for 515 days. So it was a, it was a pretty good run for her. Wow. And hopefully she'll, uh, hopefully she'll stick around and remix and we'll see, uh, maybe a rematch or hear some other matches down the, down the line. Dude, you look at some of the, look at, I want to use the word caliber again until I can figure out another word to use, but you look at the, the women's champions that we've had here at remix. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are some very, very talented ladies that have held that belt, uh, going all the way back to Sarah, help me out. Sarah Del Rey. Sarah Del Rey. And yeah, she's a trainer in NXT now. So she's training I mean, the new, all these new women that you're seeing on it, you know, WWE television. I mean, former Fury champion, Sarah Del Rey's, you know, has a hand in getting these girls ready. I mean, these women ready. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, still, you, that right there, we got Tessa Blanchard, uh, and we oh, had, yeah, yeah um, uh, there, uh, Athena. I don't know if yeah. she goes by anything different, but she, you know, every single one of these ladies that they've brought in to vie for this title have been impressive, and it's neat to think. Oh yeah, it's neat to think that they, you know, when they submit their resume, remix pros on that resume. All right, it doesn't matter if it's you know, it, it's there. They were champion at 
our promotion. It speaks to the quality of it speaks to the it speaks to the eye of our promoters. Uh, I'll just put it that way. Yeah. They know where they know who oh, to pick absolutely. from. They they know where the talent's at, and they know where to bring in the people that can draw the best crowd and put on the best show. And these ladies are no different. They they do a tremendous job. Much respect, much respect to Britt Baker. Can't wait to see if she can maybe yep. break the break the title holding reign that uh, Tessa Blanchard had. So we'll see, we'll see. All right, yeah. fourth and final match, Joel Ganton. We'll get out of here. We'll get into plugs and all that good fun stuff. But this match right here, man, this was the main event. All yeah. right. The now, riot. we get into the Riot Championship. The Riot Championship. Now, would you let our listeners know kind of what does the Riot title or the Riot Championship, trying to get your hands on that, what does that involve? It's just the closest thing I can get, I can kind of liken it to, I guess, would be the hardcore title, but it's a lot more than that. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just uh, there's no rules in the matches. Like, the original one was won in the ladder match by Cole Cash. Uh, him and Mass has had a war over it. And it just it seems to be like the younger, uh, the fresher, I don't know, the fresher Hungrier? face is kind of fighting for it. Yeah. You know, the guys that aren't quite yet the main event level that are, you know, getting there. Or even mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like their Intercontinental title. But it's just there's no rules, and it's just, you just know it's going to be just a good fight. Oh, yeah. They've, they've had some you, real good Riot, Riot title matches. Yeah, you know, it's called the Riot title for a reason, because that's almost what it looks like when <laughs> when the match goes when you're down. you're done. You've been through a riot. <laughs> yes, yeah, there has been a riot here, and somebody left with the Riot belt. The card had Ron Mathis, Jason Gorey, Marion yep. Fontaine, the title holder himself, Jack Paul. Okay. Now going into this match though, it was probably what, like a month or two ago, we started seeing stuff show up on Facebook about Ron Mathis being in the hospital. Do you have any, do you have any insight as to what, what occurred there? I really don't. I just I, I just saw like what you saw where just he was in the hospital and having tests run on him. I don't even want to speculate on what it was. I just know now he is getting better, but it took him a while to get there. Like I saw today, he's back in the gym. He's starting to lift again. Uh, hey, Ron Mathis, that's another bit barbell nutrition athlete. He's uh he's on he's on all that good stuff too. So hopefully that's nice. gonna help him make a recovery and get him back in the ring, you know, as soon as possible. Good, good, yeah. The so he's behind Ron Mathis. Yeah, dude. Uh, I I, I want to tell a funny Mathis story right now. Okay, I'm gonna tell it right yeah. now. All right. So got to see Ron Mathis. You know, he's always been. Uh, well, starting out when I first saw him, he was he was the he was the heel. I guess you would say he was he was not the fun guy that a lot of people know him as right now. <laughs> That's right. Uh, always giving always giving the fans a hard time. So I knew him from Remix, and then I had the opportunity to go see him at RCW, which is a promotion run by uh, our good friend Dirk Extreme, and. I get the American RC, Idol, the American Idol, the Canadian Idol, uh, yeah. alleged, allegedly, I guess we would say, because I don't know if we ever knew that for sure or not. But that will confirm it. <laughs> go to RCW, and he's in a tag match. He's in a tag match with Connor at that point in time. I can't remember who they're going up against, but <clears throat> of course, Ron Mathis has given the fans all sorts of up and down. And the nice thing about RCW is it's a very intimate, we're going to call it an intimate venue. And that is fine by me because I had the opportunity to sit front row and I had the opportunity to get all sorts of help from Ron Mathis. So <laughs> Ron Mathis is up on, <clears throat> up on the ring apron. He looks at me, and of course I'm giving him a hard time as well. And he says, I tell you what, he says, if, I w- if we win this match, 
you've got to come over and you've got to buy a shirt. All right. Now, look, okay, I understand this is sports entertainment, all right? But here's the thing. Ron Mathis called me out in front of all these fans. And what am I going to do? Just sit there and say, no, I will not accept your bet, sir. You rascal, you scoundrel, you. Yeah. So I look at him and I say, all right, it's on. You ain't going to win, buddy. Well, what do you think happened? You think you won. So I sure enough go over there. He looks me, you know, he looks me in the face, thanks me for being a respectable man that I am and and a man of my word. And he proceeds to dig a shirt out that is not my size. And I said, man, I, I can't buy that one. I said, do you have anything else? And sure enough, I walked away without a shirt, the proud owner of a Ron Mathis Goes Extreme DVD. That's right. Oh, I supported nice. I supported Ron Mathis uh, begrudgingly. How's that? <laughs> I supported him begrudgingly. But no, now he's turned a corner. He's a favorite of the fans. Uh, there have been, there were people yelling white trash, which apparently is a compliment now, according to what, yep. uh, what you know. His, well, I, I have his, my white trash shirt. I wear it proudly. I spent a day at Cedar Point in a white trash shirt. Now, the replacement for Ron Mathis was Omega Aaron Draven, who is, I, man, he's a mainstay of Remix. So we've seen him, yeah. I, I don't know, I mean, at least a handful, if not at least close to all Remix Pro events. Yeah. And Mathis came out. Uh, obviously, he was not going to compete. His intent was to announce. So he was going to be part of the announce team while Marcus Mann made his way to the back so he could proceed to be take up his managerial duties for yeah. Zach Pollock. Joe Dombrowski so. needed a partner. That's right. Yeah, Joe yeah. Dombrowski couldn't do this alone. There's no way. First off, if you're trying to call an act, the action in a match, in a remix pro match, it's all over the place already. But then all of a sudden you add Riot title into the mix. Yeah, four guys in a ladder match. <laughs> You're going to need help. So Ron Mathis stepped up. That's, there you go. That's right. He stepped up. He was the expert. So Ron Mathis comes out. We got Omega Aaron Draven. We got Jason Gorey. Marion Fontaine. Fontaine. Yep. And then Jack Pollock along with Marcus Mann and Morgan. Morgan. Is, uh, Morgan. I is Morgan. At a show. Nice lady. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Unless you get good, in your way good. during a match. Yeah. <laughs> You don't want to do that. You do not no. want to do that. So we had a lot of back and forth action here. Ron Mathis, Joe Dombrowski calling the action, and we had, I mean, dude, it was a ladder match. And the belt was secured, not as well as I've seen it secured before, where you had to take a knife to get it down. But I've seen it. It was secured to the, to the, to the rafters. It was secured yeah. to the rafters. You know, obvious ladder match rules. You got to climb the ladder, get the title. But I've been talking enough here, Joel Gant. I mean, please, by all means, let us know your thoughts on this this match. It was a ladder match, and right at the start, they all went after ladders, and they were used just time. And uh, I, I I laugh when you mentioned the belt because when Cole Cole Cash won the title, it was the more he pulled, it was tied with the string, and it kept tightening more and more. And that was it was awkward for me to watch, and I give him hell about it all the time. I, I gave him hell before the, the match even started because I saw it, you know, I was like just talking about that. Well, at least they made the belt a lot easier to get. Oh no, kidding, you know, dude! You don't have to climb the ladder to get there. It was no easy task, but just once you got there, they did make it a little easier for the competitors to pull it down. Yeah. Was that the first Riot title match ever? Or was it just... Uh, yeah. yeah, that was okay. a four-way, or maybe it was a three-way. I know uh, Freebird was in it, too, and uh, I think Mathis and Zach Vincent were the four rounded out, and Cole Cash won, but man, he, he struggled getting that belt down. 
That's crazy. What What do you think? What do you think of the match itself? I mean, there was a, there was insanity going on all over the place. Um, oh yeah, ladders yeah. flying everywhere. Bodies flying. Give, give us your Give us your two cents. Of course, Pollard started running his mouth to Mathis, so mm-hmm. uh, he, Mathis got a little bit uh, involved in the action. That was my favorite part. Oh yeah, there was. Um, there was a chair shot. Draven went through the ropes to dive, suicide dive onto Pollock, I think. Pollock was like three seconds ahead of that stuff because as he went through, <laughs> Pollock swung a chair. So that Draven did a suicide dive into a chair shot, which echoed. Yeah. I mean, echoed. And that was, it was so loud that, I mean, I legitimately cursed on purpose in front of my son <laughs> and forgot that he was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's very sad. He's like, it's all right, Dad. I know. <laughs> brutal. It's a brutal match. It was my favorite spot in in the whole match. Chair shots up there, but when when Mathis got into it, and Mathis proceeded to give the business to the undercarriage with his own flip flop yeah, foot. Old dust puns. <laughs> And then, dude, there's there's no way you can script what happened. And it seems like I say that a lot of times when Ron Matt yeah. is involved in stuff. And his flip-flop flies at least 10 feet, 15 feet oh. into the air. And then just How slow motion, just end over end. <laughs> it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. And it comes back down, and I'm like, well, that thing's lost. He'll never get that back. Yeah. <laughs> After he leaves the ring, the ref hands him his flip-flop. I'm like, there's no way that that's the same flip-flop. No freaking way. I'm sure, I mean, he holds it, it, was... it up. <laughs> Perfect art. It's like Cinderella, pro wrestling style. That was amazing. Of course, okay, all right. And Gory was involved yeah. as well, right? Gore, yeah, I know he Gory. shot Gory and he threw him into a ladder a couple times for good <laughs> That's measure. right. Dude. Yeah, the, the, I mean, the Jorge Omega was out, so that left. Marion Fontaine, Jack Pollock, who, who okay, now we've, we forgot to mention, during all this, people may not have been keeping an eye out on Marcus Mann and Morgan. Because shortly thereafter, they decide to get involved. Either way, I know Marcus Mann goes for some powder, some type of white substance, in order to yep. toss it into his face. Marion Fontaine, he may be old school, but the man is on top of everything. He gets out of the way, powder to the face, Pollock goes down. Pollock is and- blinded. Pollock is blinded after Marion uh, Fontaine ducks, and he comes off the rope, and not knowing who it was, he spears Morgan. Oh. Then he finds uh, Marcus in the ring. He disposes of him as well, thinking that that was Marion Fontaine. And then Marion Fontaine takes out Pollock, climbs the ladder, new Riot champion. Great oh, match. my. Great I keep ending great to match, but just all of them were so good. And that they was were a great main event. It was. It was a great way to send us out. Riot champion Marion Fontaine, which has been a favorite of mine. I mean, dude, have you have you had the opportunity to rub elbows, talk to Marion Fontaine before outside of the, you know outside of the ring? I guess I would say, like you know, on the floor I, or I behind the merch booth. Time. We talked at the uh, the marking out premiere too at Marietta. There, he had a pretty big part in the documentary. You know, he was interviewed quite a bit for it. And his old wrestling that he does, you know, around Ohio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love him. I love watching him. He's just so fun. You know, hell of a competitor. You know, he's got a lot of good moves and everything. But he's just, he's just, you can tell he has fun, which I always appreciate. Yeah, man. There are 
so many classic matches. Guy that was sitting behind me, <clears throat> he is he was a friend of mine who first match, excuse me, first wrestling event he had the opportunity to attend for Remix Pro was throw down for the pound fifteen. So he had missed probably at least two good matches that Fontaine had been involved in before the previous throwdown. So he knew going into this to expect ultimate entertainment from Marion Fontaine. Fontaine's a crowd favorite. Uh, the Riot Championship, I mean, hey, look, just like you said, these guys got to be hungry. They've got to be on their toes. They're, they're there to make a statement. Marion Fontaine holding the Riot Championship, I never thought would happen, but I'm absolutely glad that it did because that means we will be seeing more of Marion yeah. Fontaine. And I guarantee you this stuff between him and Pollock is not over. Great cage match or something. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So it's a great turnout all around. Great entertainment all around. I saw today we're early estimates. Uh, they haven't released the final number, but they said they raised between forty five hundred and five thousand dollars too. So not only was Ooh. it just a great night of wrestling, but I mean they're helping out, you know, animals. They're helping out the community, and it's just just so much good stuff going on here. That's tremendous. I, I do want to give some shout-outs here. I mean, number one, I want to thank the performers that came out and made the night special for me, my son, and all those great fans. Uh, I also want to send a special thanks out there to all the fans that come and make Remix Pro successful. You know, without the fans, there wouldn't be much for me and my family to attend to. Of course, thanks to our, our good friends, Adam Johnson, Joe Offenberger, Sam Smith, who make Remix Pro Wrestling possible. Just real quick before we get out of here and get into plugs, I mean, why do you like wrestling, Joel? You know, I just, I, I just grew up on it. I started watching it at a very young age. And I just love the stories being told, and I, just larger than life, just the characters in it. And, you know, Remix, I didn't know anybody. I went to the first Remix show. I haven't been to a show in years. And I just, I saw, you know, the people involved, and I wanted to go. And, I mean, it's just every show, they're just getting bigger and bigger and better and better. And, you know, it's just, you know, I, I might not watch the WWE as much as I used to or anything like that. But, I mean, I'll support Remix till the end. That brought you from a lone fan into a family, I dare say... A, a little bit of a career as well. You're a comedian, sir. Would yeah. you say that your love of entertainment and being out in front of people may have, is that some way tied to your love of wrestling in any way? Oh, yeah. I was way too old to start wrestling. So I, mean, I just finally got to the age where I wanted to do something to be in front of people. And it was just, I said, I'm too old to start wrestling. So I figured I'd do my next love in comedy. And I've been able to merge the two. I've, uh, I've opened up for Jake the Snake Roberts at a comedy show. Remix had me open up for Rob Van Dam at his comedy show. So it's, uh, been, it's been a lot of fun. So, okay, you're a comedian. I know you've got some shows on Horizon Plus. What can people find Joel Gant doing? Oh, uh, well, I don't know if this will be out in time, but uh, September 23rd, it's a Thursday. I'm at the coffee bar with uh, Jeff Bodart. He's a Bob and Tom writer. He's been on the show. He's been on the Bob and Tom show as a co-host a bunch of times, a uh, national touring comedian, kind of like my mentor, really. I mean, I went mm -hmm. to see him, and I just uh, I tweeted him, and we became friends. And I've had him in Parkersburg twice now, and he's really helped me out a lot. But I have that coming up Thursday, and then we have the, uh, the PopCon in Parkersburg. September 30th, Saturday. Uh, you, uh, what are you going to be doing there? Uh, the show, What's Going On, the podcast with me and the Bastard Sons, Cole Cash, and uh, and Brian Cross, who now goes by Zach Maston. But uh, Freebird, he's always going to be Freebird. We're doing a panel, actually. We're going to have probably like an hour panel where we record an episode. We're going to be walking around interviewing people. Uh, I'll be doing a set of comedy. I'll have like a 20-minute set at some point during the day. So we're going to be there. We're going to have our fingerprints all over that place. 
Very cool. I'm glad it's just going to yeah. be your fingerprints. Um, yep. <laughs> Freebird will be going to jail afterwards. Well, that, no, no, finally pin that murder on him. That he, he's been... yep. <laughs> well, anything else, man, before I get into mine? Uh, bent Barbell, just look for it on Facebook. There's Bent Barbell Club, the gym, Bent Barbell Nutrition, Bent Barbell Clothing, uh, you know, Vince, uh, Violent Desmond. Uh, it's just, it's all of his stuff, and it's just, all of it's really good. He does it all himself. If there's any problems, he takes care of it. If you got a problem, you know, he'll solve it. You know? <laughs> now you can kick out your uh, plug. All right. Well, first off, Joe Gant, you're the man. Thank you. Oh, thanks, no, thank you for coming on here and spending the last hour and a half BSing with me. Uh, okay, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jesse Starcher. You can follow me at Stiznarkey on Twitter. I do a comic book podcast. It's called Source Material right here on the Rattletch in Broadcasting Network, uh, where I talk. It's kind of like a book club for comic books. So if there's a good story out there, even if there's not a good story out there, and trust me, I've covered plenty of not good stories on my podcast, <laughs> but there uh, we're at over 130 episodes, and wow. I don't know. Yeah, dude, we 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 kicked it with Kapow the Pop Culture Podcast this past Saturday. I don't know how many more peas I can present in this <laughs> freaking so sentence. Many you can pronounce. <laughs> properly <laughs> yeah uh anyway i hung out with those guys another fellow podcast at the uh recent comic book excuse me the recent comic-con river city comic-con where we did comic book trivia so at some point watch for my appearance on kapow that should happen uh as for source material we're we're going to get into something here i'm sure next week go check out the rattlich and broadcasting network you can stay up on top of all the great podcasts if you check out their facebook page we have all sorts of stuff just like i said we do wrestling mma we've got uh we also do video games we also do uh comic books and we also do pop culture and movies i mean it's just run the gamut of stuff so other than that it's 10 29 i'm ready to get out of here i know joel's joel's ready to rock and roll hopefully if this goes over well after editing and it sounds so beautiful we will come back here after throwdown for the pound 17 maybe have another guest on if we can get ronnie out yeah. to get his butt back up here i know that boy would love to talk some wrestling with us maybe even good stephen marsh if somebody could pull him uh back into the realm of social media maybe we could do that i'd, I'd love to see him at another event and uh, have him on a podcast so joel gant you ready to get out of here Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. I had a lot of fun. I'll uh, I'll talk about wrestling anytime you want, buddy. All right, man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's Joel Gant. I'm Jesse Starcher. This has been the Remix Recap. Have a good one.